Well, we got business to take care of tonight, Rick Emirati, because we got action. Yes, we do. Big and game I, tonight in Philly. And I'm down 500 going into this game tonight. <laughs> who so do you who like you, tonight, Big D? Well, no, 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 no. You, look, you do sports on the show. Okay. You're in the lead. You're the professional. You tell me who you like. These are your picks we go with. Wow. You're I'll a 500 you. here. You doubling I, down? First of all, you're going less than five. No, we got to double down. This way we go into the weekend with a clean slate either way, or I'm up a G, or we're, we're clean going okay, in, Okay, right? so what's the what's the pick? Uh, well, I like Tampa, but seven's a lot to lay, but I got to move quick because you got to start the show. So I'm going to take the bucks. I'm going to lay the seven. You got Philly. Good luck. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> I got plus seven with Philadelphia tonight. Yes, so, sir. Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Uh, glad you're in. Lots to do. Rick Delgado's here with the news. Uh, Rick Amorati's going to have sports. Geo Fran here holding it down as always. Lots to do, lots to talk about. But I want to start with um, Dr. Sanjay Gupta because um, he went on. And I guess you have to give him credit for going on. Certainly he, he has to know Joe Rogan. He has to know what he's in for. He has to know the show. He has to know that Joe Rogan's not going to take any nonsense. Joe Rogan's not going to not follow up with questions. Joe Rogan's not going to let you play stupid as, as hard as you try. And Joe Rogan's going to ask questions. Joe Rogan asks questions as someone who's inquisitive, is interested in to know. I don't think you can ever tell watching Joe Rogan where he's coming from as far as hard left, hard right. I mean, he asks questions. He wants information. Um... And he's one of the best interviewers, honestly, I think, that I've ever watched. I thought Imus was one of the best interviewers I ever watched because he just, it was a, it really came from the same place. He, he generally asked questions that he wanted to know the answers to that he didn't know. And by the way, if he didn't know, he had no problem telling you he didn't know. He, he knew what he didn't know and he, and he knew what he did and he would ask questions. And Joe Rogan's the exact same way. He asked great questions. He follows up. He knows how to kind of, um, you know, get you off your game a little bit, uh, be humorous when he can, kind of come at you through the back door uh, and make you kind of uncomfortable. And he did all of that in this interview. And I don't want to focus on Joe Rogan. I want to focus on Dr. Sanjay Gupta because if you're going to go on, if you're going to go on that show, you got to go You got to go on it and, and decide that you're going to go on and you're just going to, you're going to defend your position and be at least be honest and defend your position. You're not going to go on and play stupid. You're not going to go on and try to say, well, Joe, you're going too fast. I don't really understand. Right. And I'm not exactly, what are you, what are you saying here? I mean, cause that, that's, that looks weak and, well, that, and he'll bring it out that it looks weak. And that is weak because that's just a cop out. That means, uh Oh, he's over the target. You're uncomfortable and you don't want to deal with it. And he did it throughout the interview. He did it throughout the interview. Well, we got to slow down here, Joe. I'm not really sure. We're going a little bit too fast. And, well, you know, Joe, I want to talk about. No, 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 no. You are here on my show. You're going to answer the questions or I'll beat them out of you. That's basically what Joe Rogan did. So I, I was, um, I give him credit for going on, but that's about where it ended. At least for me watching it. I thought it was for the most part embarrassing for him. I did not feel bad for him at all. Good for Joe Rogan for sticking it to him. And not even sticking it to him, but just sticking to his guns and, and, yeah. and not letting him off the hook, which is what every interviewer uh, does. Right. 
And one of the things you mentioned that Joe does very well and the best interviewers do it is they listen because they're listening for the follow-up. The follow-up follow-up questions are key to any interview because if you're just there with a list of, list of questions and you're missing great things that this person is saying that you can follow up and be like, hey, wait, 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 wait. You just said, like Saki said the other day, oh, well, you know, he put out this uh, executive order and as we all know laws and blah, blah. You know, somebody should have stopped it right there and said, no, 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 back up. What did you just say there? But that's what Rogan does. He holds, he, he follows up. And like you said, he doesn't let them veer off and go in a different direction like that they want to go in. No. You, we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about. And since it's my show, I'm going to tell you what we're talking about. Yeah. The two segments that have gotten the most attention from it, it's worth listening to the whole entire thing. There's still some good things. But the two sections that have got the most attention are obviously the discussion about kids and vaccinations. And again, Joe Rogan found that it's just a fantastic way to kind of, um, well, I don't, I don't know if the word is kind of de-arm him, but just to j- j- just say, listen, you know how you feel about, I mean, he just did a great job. And uh, of course, he acted like, I see people on Twitter, oh, he was frozen, he was this. No, he, no, he wasn't. He knew exactly what he was doing. He just didn't want to, he didn't have any courage of his own convictions to actually state his point and try to defend it because he knows he doesn't have anything that's defendable. So he played stupid. And he played all these other games. He wasn't like totally confused, taken off. I mean, this guy's a dot. He's no dummy. He just didn't want to take it on head to head. And then, of course, the um, ivermectin discussion, which was fantastic. Right. Which Dr. Gupta not only uh, was not honest at all, he, he got off the air, and then he went on to his um, wretched network, CNN, with uh, their most wretched host on TV, uh, phony Don Lemon. Don Lemon tried to save him, and he just went back on and did exactly what Joe Rogan accused them of doing, which was lie. And that's what he did. And he let Don Lemon lie, and he shook his head yes, and then he lied. So, I mean, I was going to play you some straight clips, but everybody's seen them. So I did find, um, and let me give the credit here to whoever edited this. This was edited by Lofty Pixels, at Lofty Pickles, Pixels on Twitter. Uh, this, to me, was the best recap of the Joe Rogan, Dr. Sanjay Gupta um, conversation that there was. Roll that, G. Nice to talk to you. It's been nice to get to know you. You too. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. <laughs> think that even with a breakthrough infection, untreated, you're probably more vulnerable than the average child who is not vaccinated who gets COVID. You're not worried about catching it because you've been vaccinated and you think it imparts a certain amount of protection. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying to you is I think that not worry is the same feeling that a lot of people have about their children. They're not worried about their healthy children catching it for the same reason you're not worried about catching it being vaccinated. I, I think... Is that? I mean, they're they're both. That bro- seems reasonable, right? Well, I think it's. I don't. By the way, I'm glad you're you're, you're better. I'm Thank glad you. it only lasted a day. You're probably really? the only one at CNN that's glad. No, no. <laughs> the rest of them are all lying about me taking horse medication. They, they they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. You didn't ask. I, I didn't think that was your. You're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before. But they did it with podcast. such glee. No, yes, Joe. They did. I watched. The drug used for livestock. The FDA and the CDC warn against using to treat COVID. I don't but, think Aaron had glee. Oh uh, well, it's more Brian Stelter was the gleeful one. Why do 
people run from me? The lie like that is dangerous <laughs> on a news network when you know that they know they're lying. All right, hang on. I, I, do you, the, the thing is, we're, we're, we're like going so fast. Like I feel like I'm missing. I'm missing. Do you think I want that to, that's a problem that your news network not, lies? I can afford people medicine, mother. <laughs> This is ridiculous. Get me out. Let me out of here. Get me the hell out of here. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. It's defamatory, right? Well, I don't know if it's defamatory. I bet it is. I'm not a lawyer. Get your sh together. It's but, a lie. Well, see, here's the thing. It, how is that protecting you from COVID? Is some of it being caught in that thing? Is that the idea? <laughs> Where do you guys find this stuff, by the way? We're online, man. This is a podcast. This I got is what it. We do. I got it. You're working for a news organization. If they're lying about a comedian taking horse medication, what are they telling us about Russia? What are they telling us about Syria? Do you, know, do you understand that that's why people get concerned about the veracity of the news? A lot of it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was not okay because he no. was un he was he would have fire all around them, yeah. and the fire was Joe Rogan's questioning. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of reminded me of the uh, Hugh Hewitt treatment of uh, yes. Dr. Fauci. You yes. know, these doctors who were like, no, yeah, I believe everything I tell you. And then all of a sudden they can confront him like, oh, bad, 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 bad. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, that, that, that it's, it's a most, mostly peaceful uh, protest. Don't look at the fire. And Joe brought the receipts, by the way, to yeah. play for him the clip from, um, from CNN. In which, of course, they did accuse him of taking... I mean, if you can't draw the distinction that, yes, ivermectin, there is an actual, um, right. there's a paste that have, has been used for animals and livestock, and there is a, one in, for humans, a pill that doctors prescribe for humans, three milligram tablets that you can get prescribed from a doctor for human use. Billions upon billions of people have taken ivermectin in humans. Yes. For lice, for parasites, for river blindness, for all kinds of things. And, and the U.S. government actually requires it for people that were coming out of Afghanistan most recently. They had them all taking ivermectin uh, once they landed, I believe, in Germany or where, wherever they took them before they, they, they spread them out across this country. You know, Dr. Pierre Corey and his group, the FLCCC.net, which is a fantastic group who has done... God's work in the face of just absolute medical tyranny with ivermectin and these protocols for people to, you know, defend themselves and prepare their bodies and vitamin D and zinc and all the, they've got all these protocols you can follow and they've done just fantastic work. And of course he testified in front of Congress. There's a um, little dirty secret rolling around that I saw on Twitter that supposedly, possibly, there have been members of Congress that have asked them privately off the record for their protocols, including ivermectin, to eat, either treat themselves prophylactically so that they don't catch it or to get treated upon finding that they do have it. I haven't seen that confirmed with anybody, but I did see one of the doctors from the FLCCC.net tweet out that um, there have been members of Congress that have been asked for um, their protocols. In secret, kind of. Because, of course, they've all... Uh, well, I don't know if they've all come out. But ivermectin is a big no-no to be talked about. Even though it won the Nobel Prize in 2015. And Dr. Corey, who has... Who is obviously has a impeccable 
uh, record and career, and, and, and you can look at his credentials, testified of all the studies where it's been used, all the times he's used it. I mean, he out and out said in front of Congress under oath, if you take this, you will not get sick. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 you know. And they, said, and, they, just, and they didn't arrest him for lying to Congress? No, they did not. Hmm, interesting. And he, because he came with the receipts of the data and the data and all of the studies, the studies and the studies. That's why Dr. Sanjay Gupta is embarrassing. Because he says, well, if you look at the studies, there's no stuff. No, that's not true. That's just, that's just simply not true. Hey, what's, what's Gupta's uh, background? Well, I, I don't know. He's, what, he's a, is, he, is he Indian? He's a medical doctor. I know that no, I mean, for CNN. I, mean his, uh, I don't know what that means. Probably nothing. But he's in, he, he's, His family's from India, right? I have no idea. I think they are. Because, well, I'm sure uh, we could look it up and find it. I, I, don't, I wonder if he's heard of Udar Pratesh. I, I'm just wondering. Well, we've told the story of Udar Pratesh. 290 million people. Uh, the United States has 333 million people. And Udar, to, Udar Pratesh has handed out ivermectin in a, in a home kit uh, with vitamin D and other things, and they have almost no cases. It's been totally eradicated. Almost zero deaths. I think they've had seven deaths on a rolling seven-day average per week. Something like that. I mean, it's just... And he, there he is, Dr. Gupta. Oh, there's no studies. There's no proof. There's no nothing. He tells D. Lemon. I'll play that for you when we get back. All right, just getting started on a Thursday. Lots to do. New sports. Uh, we have cra- no crazy town tonight, but uh, we have other things, too. So, uh, live from Studio 6B. Long ago, there lived a country of free people. But one day, a plague came. And these free people were told, to survive this, you must give up your freedom. And they obeyed because they were scared. And they let themselves be muzzled and locked in their homes and separated from their friends. But the plague didn't stop. Soon, the free people weren't so free anymore because their leaders only wanted more power. And that's exactly what they got. But that's not how America's story ends. I'm Emily Burns, and I'm running for Congress because freedom isn't a fairy tale. I'm sick and tired of our so-called leaders using so-called science as an excuse to strip our rights away. They're not keeping us safe. They're keeping us scared. And when their policies fail, they blame us. Well, I believe Americans aren't the problem, we're the solution. So I'm going to Washington to take back our lives from big government and bring freedom back to the land of the free. I'm Emily Burns. Join me and we'll write this next chapter of American history together. from Studio 6B. That's a great spot by Emily Burns running for um, Congress, I believe, out of Massachusetts. So I think it's going to be a tough road, but she seems like a pretty solid conservative. And I thought that's a pretty decent, ad, pretty good ad. Oh, nice um, piece. Yeah, ni- nice piece. So we got to look more into her, but I think she's pretty solid. I know Daniel Horowitz was pretty excited about her running. That's where actually I found that ad. So we'll have to do a little more research, see if maybe we can get her on the show. But I think she's running in Massachusetts. I looked quickly, which makes it obviously a tough go. But, um, you know, you know my, my feeling. I don't care where they are. I think people have had enough. 
So we'll see. Yeah, she's a she's a newcomer. She's a she's from Newton, Massachusetts, mother of three, and taking on uh, Representative Action Kloss in the fourth congressional district up there. There you go. All right, let's do some sports, and then we'll do some news with Rick. Let's start with uh, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Hopefully I made a pick that'll get me excited tonight as the Buccaneers face the Eagles looking to avoid Thursday letdowns. AP report, Tom Brady remembers the losses as Tampa 4-1 and one prepared to face the Philadelphia Eagles 2-3 and three tonight. Brady pointed out a few times this week that the Buccaneers lost on short rest last season. That was when Brady forgot the number of downs at the end of the 2019 loss at Chicago back on October 8th. I remember that. Uh, you have these weeks, and you put Put a lot into them in a really short period of time. Like we have, said Brady, who will play with an injured hand. It's like cramming for an exam, you know? You just kind of put everything else to the side and just focus on the game. The good part is if you win, the time on the back end is really helpful, but you've got to win. Last year we lost, so we've got to play good. The defending Super Bowl champions are coming off a lopsided win over Miami, while the Eagles rallied to win on the road at Carolina. So the kickoff is in about... No, it's just about now, Big D, at Lincoln Financial Field. And uh, Tampa is a seven-point favorite, and I'm laying the seven and taking Tampa on the road for $500. And, uh, well, we'll talk about it tomorrow night. And let's go to the NHL. NHL action season kicked off Tuesday night. I thought and we right- weren't going to talk about the NHL till April. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no? Uh, well, I want to give some scores, Big D. Come okay. on, man. Uh, so we got the uh, Blue on, Jackets man. right now lead the Coyotes 2 nothing. That's heading to the second. The Senators 3 nothing over the Maple Leafs in the second. The Maple Leafs were named the most ba- valuable NHL franchise. They're worth $2 billion. They're the number one franchise in NHL. And number two is your New York Rangers. I thought the Rangers were number one. They're at 1.87. But uh, don't matter. The Maple Leafs haven't won a cup since 1967, so it's more than just about the winning, that's for sure. Hurricanes lead the Islanders 2-1 down in Carolina. That's heading to the second as well. Florida's at home, 2-0. Uh, Florida Panthers at home, 2-0 over the Penguins right now. That's in the second. Sabres 2-zip over the Canadians, also second. Heading to the second. Stars leading the Rangers 1-0. Red Wings 1-0 over the Lightning. The Kraken, the Seattle Kraken, is back in uh, tonight. And they're playing the Predators. Zip, zip. It's in the first intermission. And the Golden Knights at the Kings out in L.A. And that game is at 10.30 tonight. And um, round one in progress uh, uh, earlier today, Big D, the CJ Cup at Summit Scores, the Summit Club in Las Vegas, Nevada. $9.7 million uh, uh, pool there. USA first day. Uh, Robert Streb of the United States shot an 11 under. Good day. 61. Uh, followed by Keith Mitchell, who shot a 10 under. And then uh, Hudson Swafford uh, shot a, a 7 under. So we'll keep an eye on that over the weekend. But that's in Las Vegas. The CJ Cup as the PGA rolls on through the fall, big day. And um, I got to wrap. Uh, one more big one, though. The Dodgers and Giants. First pitch, game five. Win or go home. Out in San Francisco, Oracle Park. That game will be at 9.07. So we'll have that uh, later on tonight for you. Back to you, D. And I will tell you for sure, every sports book in America is pulling for the Dodgers because of the exposure they have on the Giants. So, yes, sir. Um, <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rick. We'll do some more sports. Uh, Before we do news, I'm just looking on my social media and I come across a tweet that sounds like this. I walked out of my job today, 17 years with this company, 17 years of blood, sweat, and tears. And because I refused this experimental jab, I am not good enough anymore. Well, my former employee, Kate Brown and Oregon, I'm out. If I'm not good enough, I'll find a state that wants me. And I think you're going to see more and more of that. And it's just heartbreaking. At such a, a, a time where... 
the fiscal insanity that's going on in this country and this being forced upon people, middle class people, lower end with inflation on top of it. It's just, I mean, it just makes you just, you makes your blood boil. Um, all right, let's do some news here with Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All right. Well, there's a bunch of different things to jump off on, and I think that's a great uh, lead-in for this. 10,000 John Deere workers are walking off the job, taking advantage of the Biden-era labor shortages. Uh, workers at the agricultural equipment giant are striking over the company's failure to offer sufficient salary raises and benefits. That's nearly 10,000 unionized workers. And according to the United Auto Workers Union's members, says our members Members of John Deere strike for the ability to earn a decent living, retire with dignity, establish fair work rules, said Chuck Browning, the vice president and director of the union. We stay committed to bargaining until our member goals are achieved. The union had issued a warning that the strike would begin at midnight Thursday if a satisfactory deal had not been reached. And the overwhelming majority rejected the contract deal presented by the company earlier this week, saying it failed to raise salaries sufficiently and denied employees a traditional pension. The liar secretary was asked about uh, this today, 49G. Roll it. You've got about 10,000 John Deere workers on strike, a number of other strikes going on. How concerned are you about the impact this might have on the economy or the supply chain? And do you have any plans to intervene? Uh, Well, um, we, of course, um, are not going to speak to any individual um, ongoing uh, potential individual labor actions, as as you know, as a standard. Uh, But I will note um, that the president and the vice president often say um, and that this is the most pro-union administration in history. Uh, and they will continue to uh, govern uh, and lead uh, with that in mind. Uh, and they both feel that strongly supporting unions, the ability of workers to organize if they so choose, uh, collective bargaining, and the right to strike, uh, which is one part of collective bar- bargaining, are uh, fundamental rights. It's also the responsibility of management and the union to bargain with each other and resolve their differences. That's a part of uh, why unions are around and the role they play. Um, we also know that in healthy economies, employees must compete for workers. Uh, and we're seeing that. Uh, and as unemployment drops, our economy is shifting to a labor market where workers have more bargaining power. Gee. Ultimately, that's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, there's, no, I mean, there, <laughs> there's what, nothing what, there. Where's an answer to the question? <laughs> what was the question? I don't even remember at this point. It was none of that. I think it was how concerned are you and do you feel like you're going to need to or would you intervene? Isn't right. that, wasn't yeah. that the question? That, that's what I, I think that was like 20 minutes ago that that question came out. All right, what else is going on then? I'm going to have a short fuse with her tonight on any clips we use, so just have the bomb ready. So, All right, well, the, uh, the Biden reign of error continues as he uh, had his little meeting with uh, regarding the, um, the shortages that we're starting to see. Remembering back to 2020 during the campaign, Joe Biden blamed food shortages under Trump and said it was due to a lack of leadership. He said, we don't have a food shortage problem. We have a leadership problem, Biden said. Well, on today's, um, of course, today, President Joe Biden is being slammed on social media because of the clips circulating from that 2020 campaign. All right, hold that thought. We'll get back yep. to that story because I've got, I've got a story about wholesale inflation rate that came out today, 8.6%. Disaster at the grocery stores. It's already here, but it's going to get worse. We'll get back to that when we get back live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. I 
have COVID. I'll be honest, it's a little scary, but I know I can beat it with Pfizer-Mectin. Coming soon from Pfizer, an over-the-counter drug that can help you beat COVID, Pfizer-Mectin. Pfizer is proud to announce a COVID drug that bucks the trend that will have you stable in no time. So saddle up. With Pfizer-Mectin, no one will be asking you, hey, why the long face? After Pfizer-Mectin helped me beat COVID, I can finally get on with my life, though <clears throat> I am feeling a little hoarse. Side effects include none. We're Pfizer. What are you, an anti-vax nut? Consult your vet, I mean your doctor, to see if Pfizer-Mectin is right for you. Pfizer-Mectin from Pfizer. little Pfizer Mectin there from our friends at the Babylon Bee. That's a great spot, too. You know, that horse, horse dewormer, yeah. as they called it. So, um, well, Sanjay, so let's just finish on that. Speaking of, I've, since we ran that, I love that. Uh, let's finish on that. So Sanjay Gupta goes on Joe Rogan. We talked about in the first segment. So after he leaves there with his tail between, mostly between his legs, I mean, they had a good conversation on some other things, but Joe really took him to task, wouldn't let him weasel his way out of these things so he goes back to home base of course to the wretched cnn and he goes on don lemon last night and of course don tries to d lemon as chris cuomo calls him tried to throw him a life raft or try you know tried to save his career and um here's how that went down cut 53 g roll that but he he did say something about ivermectin that i think wasn't actually correct about cnn and lying okay Ivermectin is a drug that is commonly used as a horse dewormer. So it is not a lie to say that the drug is used as a horse dewormer. I, I, I think that's important, and it is not approved for COVID. Correct? That's right. That's correct. It, it, it is not approved for COVID, and you're right. Okay, I so mean, stop. See, even but see, neither it. one of them, these two lion frauds, Draws, it's the same thing they did when, they, when this whole argument started. Yes, there is a horse paste that is sold at like tractor supply that you can just walk in and buy. There is also a pill that is prescribed by doctors that is FDA approved for human use. Now, it's not FDA approved for use in covid but there have been plenty of studies that show efficacy as an antiviral, as stopping replication. We, I mean, if I know this, everybody knows it. You just have to pay somewhat attention to some of these doctors and uh, do your own research. But neither one of them in this will draw that distinction. He won't say, well, you know, they just, they just promulgate the lie still. They go right back to what got them in this position for Joe Rogan to confront him in the first place. That's for horses. It's for animals. It's not approved for COVID. And they make it sound like everyone's going to tractor supply, and right. that's the one that they're getting. And that's not true. And that's why Joe Rogan said it's probably, you know, you lied about me. You, you lied and made it sound like I walked into my tractor supply and grabbed three tubes off the, and took it home and, you know, was squeezing it out into my mouth like toothpaste. toothpaste. And that's not what I did. 
Yeah, and that's exactly what Don Lemon is doing right there again. Again. He's doing it all over again, and they're not pointing out that, yes, we were they were making the reference of the horse paste. They're saying, well, I guess if you want to use a horse dewormer, well, that's what you're doing. Maybe you didn't say he's taking a horse dewormer, but, but that's essentially what you're saying. You're, you're, you're making that you're you're selling that and that's what his problem was was because you were lying about it he was not using that product he was using the other product all he was asking about is dr sanjay gupta are you okay with them lying saying i'm taking this when you know for a fact i'm only taking this because this is approved for humans and by the way prescribed to me from a doctor right okay let's finish it listen to the rest of the lies here go ahead a statement saying, you know, basically reminding people it was a strange sort of message from the FDA, but that said, you're not a horse, you're not a cow, stop taking this stuff, is essentially what they said, referring to ivermectin. Now, I think what, what Joe's point that is... It's been about is that for humans, and, but not necessarily for COVID, right? Yeah. That's correct. It's been it's been used for a parasitic disease for something. It's called river blindness, and it's been very effective for that. But you know, just because it works for one thing doesn't mean it works for something else. Right. And you know, there's still a few ongoing clinical trials around ivermectin, but for the most part, if you look at the data, there's no evidence that it that it really works here. When Joe okay. got sick, he took <laughs> ivermectin. That's, that's, that's not true. That is not true. Ask Dr. Corey if that's true. I've seen Dr. Corey debate people who take this position, and he just eviscerates them. And they don't know what they're talking about, and they're not being, they're being intellectually dishonest when he says that. He knows it, and we know it. He is not being honest when he says that. Yeah, now let me ask you a question, Damon, because you mentioned a doctor who testified in Congress and said, if you take this, you will get better, right? It will not. It will not hurt Dr. you. Dr. Pierre Corey said, "If you are on ivermectin, you will not get sick. Right. Meaning, you will not get COVID." Uh, so that's the same doctor. That's the doctor. Okay. Just, just, so, just so people know, because you know, it, it, I'm here and I forgot the doctor's name already. So he that's said, why I wanted to clear it. He said it's safer than aspirin. It's been given out to billions of people, which Joe Rogan pointed out. By the way, Sanjay Gupta said, "Oh, yeah, like a quarter of a billion people have taken it." He said, "No, no, no." Way more. <laughs> Billions, Billions have taken it. Yeah. And by the way, he's also not honest when he says, uh, he just says, like, so nonchalant. Yeah, for river blindness. No, it's it's been used in humans for river blindness. It's been used in humans for lice. It's been used in humans for parasites. It's been it's been used for a lot of things. So he's just he's just being dishonest and not fully truthful. And he knows all of this. He's not a dummy. He knows all of this. He looks at the studies. He hears Dr. Pierre Corey's testimony. He looks at what's coming out of Israel. He looks at what's coming out of Udar Pratesh. Don't tell me for one second he's not looking at all this. He's on top of it. He's CNN's chief medical advisor. Of course he's looking at all of it. Now, he won't tell us that. He won't talk about it. He won't answer honestly questions about it because they're just dishonest people over there. They don't want to talk about both sides of the argument, but he is not being honest here. Go yeah. ahead, G, finish it. He also took monoclonal antibodies, mm -hmm. which is, you know, an infusion of these antibodies. So he took both those things. It's, it's, it's very likely it was the monoclonal antibodies that made him feel better so quickly. And you know what? He may absolutely be right about that. And that's the damn point. The point is we should have an all of the above strategy.
when it comes to this. It should not be so black and white that you either get stuck with this jab, no matter how what age you are, what health you are, what your background is, what kind of health you've had in the past. It doesn't, none of that matters. And what he just said there is the point. It, it may have very well been the monoclonal antibodies that made Joe Rogan better so fast. The ivermectin may have also had something to do with it. But that's the point. That's the point. Maybe Joe Rogan had a lot of, built up his vitamin D. Maybe that had something to do with it as well. Maybe he takes some vitamin C every day. Maybe he takes some other things. That's the point. The point is we should have an all of the above strategy. All of these things should be getting out there, should be looking at the results, discussing it, and everything should be on the table. It shouldn't be you get vaccinated or that you're, you're, you're the enemy. Right. And that's where we're at right now. Yeah, and, Ro- we've been. and Rogan made the point when he first talked about, you know, him coming down with it and what he did to, to fight it. He basically said, I threw the, the, threw the sink at it. Everything yeah. he could think of except for, for getting the vaccine. And now he's gotten through it. He's fine. He said he was feeling better pretty quickly, actually. After the first couple of days, he bounced back pretty quick. So that speaks to, you know, the strategy that he used that, that maybe, you know, like you said, all of the above should be employed. You know, every, everybody can make their own determination of when, you, you know, you, you know, you listen to people and you read people as you get older and you learn how to spot what you think. Yeah, I'm not so sure. You know, red flat. I'm, I, I don't know how anybody can listen to Dr. Corey. And I've listened to almost everything he's done, every interview he's given, every podcast he's been on, every study he's talked about, his congressional testimony I've watched a couple times from beginning to end. I don't know how anybody can listen to him and not think that he is extremely credible, that he knows exactly what he's talking about, and wouldn't be willing to listen to what he's saying and look deeper into it themselves and make their own determination on whether they think that ivermectin was something that would be good for them. Because that's what I did. I listened to everything he talked about. Now, I've had it. But no one else in my family has had it. My wife hasn't had it. My parents got the vaccine, but what, what does that mean? So, I mean, everybody's got to make their own decision for themselves on how they want to prepare for what could come. We know this is not going away. It's going to be with us for a long time. It's going to be like the flu. They're going to be pushing this that you have to get a sh- however many shots every year for this. We know that's coming. Yeah. We know there could be other variants. I mean, who knows what the next thing's going to be? Yep. Yeah, and then, uh, and then it, the one part that really gets me is, well, you know, it, it's, it's for bacterial, like, uh, like he said to Rogan. Well, you know, for bacterial stuff. Well, you know what? There, there, there was a little blue pill that came out that was originally synthesized and studied to treat hypertension and for cardiovascular, cardiovascular disease. But we all know what that blue pill turned into. Right? Something yeah. that it was not designed for. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, it's, it's a miracle drug. Changed, you know, changed how, how drugs were looked at you know, f- going forward because now everybody's like, well, what else can this do? I mean, there's so many of those things where you have off-label drugs that have worked. I right. mean, even these statins that are so very popular that people take Crestor uh, for certain things. There are so many things that these statins have been shown to um, have other effects on. I mean, we all know this. I mean, again, this is the politicization and the demagoguery of science uh, is one of the great um, 
crimes of this whole thing. And the other one is doctors not being allowed to just be damn doctors. These people spend their whole lives studying this thing, working with patients. That's all they want to do is take care of people. And after you've done it for as long as most of the doctors here have done it, they know what's best. They know what works. Let them just be doctors. But no, no, we can't. We, we have not allowed them to do that. And it's really a shame. Yeah, and did you hear the latest? And now we're demonizing them. The latest they're coming after? They're coming after aspirin. Oh, why? Well, because they, they, some, some researchers have found that low-dose aspirin can actually help with the, uh, with the symptoms of COVID. Uh-oh, yeah. all of a sudden, now what are you starting to see? All these uh, studies and, and these articles being written, well, you shouldn't use low-dose aspirin. Come on, stop. We can see it. Yeah, it's, you it's, can see this coming from a mile away right. because the clotting is one of the big reasons people die. Exactly. So low-dose aspirin and taking aspirin has been something that they've now said could help. And as soon as they said it could help, all of a sudden, do you take, do you take, uh, uh, do you take an aspirin every day? Well, this, this doctor now says that maybe you should stop. Right. And it's just immediate. It's like comical almost. Like just right on cue, boom, here comes all <laughs> the aspirin demagoguery. Yeah. You know, I don't know. History will look back on this. I don't know how long it's going to take. Maybe longer than we'll be here, but... And there'll just be some things that you didn't live through it. You probably won't believe it when you read it. Studio 6B on a Thursday night. I like this song, friend. I, t- I can't tell you how many emails I get about the music. What song is that? What song is this? I don't know the names of any of them. So if, if I'm not <laughs> responding, it's not because I don't want to. I just don't know. We should probably, uh, you know, with some shows, they post actually like a, um, a list of, uh, maybe we'll post it on the website. Give me the links to these songs and we'll post them. Um, all right, uh, live from Studio 6B, glad you're in. Let's do some sports and news right now. We'll start with Rick Amorati. Visit him online at Slick Rick, Rick Sports. That's so hard to say. At <laughs> Slick Rick Sports. Yes, sir. On Twitter. What's going on, pal? All right, well, let's get an update on that Thursday night football game that we got the big wager on, D. Uh, Brady had a short pass over the middle just a little while ago to O.J. Howard. However, the uh, Philly came right back down the field. Tied it up. Uh, Zach Ertz with a five-yard touchdown pass from Jalen Hurts. 7-7 with about uh, four and a half to go in the first. Long way to go, but I'll tell you, Tampa Bay went right down the field, like you said, Swiss cheese, and now we're, bingo, Philly came right back. So might be a back-and-forth game. That's why the points scare me a little bit tonight, I'll be mm. honest with you. Yeah, it could be a high-scoring affair. I hope so. Like over 53, maybe. Yeah, we must have some money on that, too. <laughs> We're not going to get into over-unders. We'll be out of our minds again. Okay. All right, let's go to the rodeo. Thursday night rodeo, heart of Texas. Waco, Texas, the Extraco Coliseum. This has been going on since October 8th and through the 16th. Bareback riding right now. First-round leaders, Chad Rutherford, 84 and a half points on. Last pet. 
Uh, steer wrestling, average leaders, Winston McGraw, 8.8 seconds on a two-head, which means he had 4.4 seconds in each. Uh, team roping, average leaders, Caleb Driggers and Junior Noguera. We know you hear them all the time. 8.9 seconds on the two-head. Saddle Bronc, first round, Cree Minkoff, 86 points on Blood Angel. Tie down roping, uh, Riley Pruitt, 7.4 seconds. Bow racing, we got a tie. Stevie Hillman and Sissy Wynn, 15.90 seconds each. Steer roping, Thomas Smith, 29.3 seconds on the three head. And bull riding, first round leader, Colton Beatty on Ghostbuster. By the way, one of my friends saw a preview of the, the Ghostbuster. He actually saw the whole movie, said it's fabulous. You're going to want to get to the theaters and see it when it comes out in a couple of weeks. Impossible. Ghostbusters. Fabulous. Who says fabulous? It's just impossible. What's that? It's impossible. It could be good. (laughs) It's excellent. He saw it at Comic-Con. He said it was fabulous. Okay. All right. And total payoff on this rodeo is $96,000. And the contractor, Mo Better Rodeo. Not kidding. Has Um, uh, Sinking Ship Productions have anything? (laughs) (laughs) Has has anyone seen the new James Bond movie, by the way? Not yet. No, No Time to Die? That's the one I want to see. But. I guess the, the early returns, it didn't get a lot of, I mean, the box office was, of course, you can, exp- not not surprisingly, was was down. But uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just hard for me to imagine that that can't be great. But I, I don't know. We'll see. Well, and uh, one more big deal. We got a big game. Five, win or go home. NL, NLDS series, LA Dodgers at the Giants, Oracle Park in San Francisco, 9.07 Eastern time, first pitch, a little bit of an earlier start out east, you'll see a little sunlight in that game, but it should be a good one as Corey Neville gets up on the mound for the Dodgers, and uh, well, we'll keep an eye on that, I'll give you an update later on in sports, Big D. Yeah, all hands on deck for any kind of uh, win or go home game. Oh, yeah. Everyone will pitch if they have to, so alright, we'll keep track <laughs> on that, thanks Rick, more sports coming up in the next hour, let's do some news. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? Well, uh, remember, I started that news story about Biden uh, blaming the food shortages on Trump during the 2020 campaign, saying that they lack leadership. Sure. He also said that we don't have a food shortage problem. We have that. uh, We have plenty of food. It's being plowed under. You've got. Uh, it's got it. It's got to be just his his uh, natural speaking. It's being plowed under. You've got. You're euthanizing cattle and pigs. I guess that was a brain fart he had. They're out there making sure that they're pouring thousands of gallons of milk into the ground. It's not a food shortage. It's are you a trying lack to read? Joe, are you trying to read yes. Joe Biden transcript right now? Yes, I am. That's dangerous. That is challenging <laughs> at best. It is. <laughs> Biden added that if he were president at that time, he would have ordered the government to buy food from farmers and send it to food banks, and that Trump failed to step up for not doing so. Actually, Biden was asked, uh, 42G, Biden was actually asked this specific question today, and when he uh, took questions, roll that, G. I said many times, God bless you all, and may God protect us. Here comes the question right here. Joe, we got a question. Oh, no, yeah, he didn't didn't answer that question because he didn't take any questions again. Coward. All right, what else is going on in the news? That can't be the only thing, right? No. Okay, let's go. Some more. This is uh, coming from a toy company CEO as he rips the president's port directive, saying it's too little too late and it's a political gimmick. Uh, The CEO I'm talking about is MGA Entertainment CEO Isaac Larian. He criticized Joe Biden's directive aimed at alleviating the supply chain issues at U.S. ports, saying the move is too little too late. And as I as I uh, read his transcript here, Isaac said, with all due respect to President Biden, what he just ordered is too little too late. It's only 72 days left until Christmas. Whether the ports are open 24-7, 
24 hours a day or 48 hours a day, you cannot get labor. If you cannot get labor, you cannot get trucks. You cannot get the merchandise out. And even if you get them out, it's going to be too late for Christmas. This here, LOL Surprise Movie Magic, will be the number one toy this holiday. You can only get about 60% of the product demanded out to stores. That means a lot of kids are not going to be able to get it. Um, He also said that I think this directive is, again, frankly, a political gimmick, it seems to me. All right, uh, 54 ABC reported on this exact thing today. Roll it, G. Americans are paying more for everything, from diapers to new cars, up more than 8%, and clothes, up more than 3%. And it could get even worse as the holidays approach. With the holidays coming up, you might be wondering if gifts you plan to buy will arrive on time. Americans are looking at shortages on things like toasters, sneakers, bikes, and toys. There are certain things that are not coming that will not be here. I know a lot of toy makers that we have talked to have looked into renting their own planes, putting things on trains, renting their own trucks. I mean, it's, 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 been, it's been dramatic. Yeah. There's a report out today. Wholesale inflation rate is 8.6%. 8.6%. That's the largest increase in year-over-year, year, period, since they actually started looking at it in year-over-year, year, which was, I believe, 2010. 8.6% wholesale inflation rate. There's an article in the Daily Mail today. Your grocery bill has absolutely ballooned. Why? Wholesale prices soar 8.6%, the biggest surge on record, adding more pressure on companies to pass along higher cost to consumers, and that's, of course, is exactly what they're doing. Inflation at the wholesale level rose 8.6% in September compared to a year ago, the largest surge since the 12-month rate was first calculated in 2010. The producer price index, which measures inflationary pressures before they reach consumers, jumped 0.5% on the month for September compared to 0.7% gain in August, the Labor Department reported today. The latest surge in wholesale prices is another signal that higher prices for consumers are likely to persist as supply chain chaos and labor shortages drive up the cost of wholesale goods, pressuring companies to raise prices for consumers. Food costs at the wholesale level, listen now, rose 13 percent in september from a year ago while toys rose six percent sporting goods up 12 percent raising concerns ahead of the holiday shopping season on wednesday the government reported that prices for consumer level rose 0.4 percent in september with the consumer price index cpi up 5.4 percent that's the one we told you about yesterday over the past 12 months matching the fastest pace since 2008 The 8.6% rise for the 12 months ending in September compared to an 8.3% increase for the 12 months ending in August, which had been the previous record 12-month gain. Almost 80% of the overall increase in wholesale prices last month was attributed to a 1.3% rise in the price of goods, the largest increase since May. And I'd hate to tell you that there's a light at the end of the tunnel but that's just an oncoming train because this is just getting started it's going to get worse this prolonged period of time to get goods price increases are being built into the prices for you the consumer there's not enough supply for the demand there's too many dollars out there trying to buy the same goods and this is what you get and it's just getting started 
Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night, Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus Channel 1029. Glad you're in. Good first hour. Fast. Man, fast first hour. Just flew by. Uh, we got more sports to do, more news to do. We got some clips of the president today talking about these disasters that he's created. <laughs> oh, and he's going to fix what he created. Okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, make no mistake. They'll try to blame this and blame that and blame boats and blame the ocean, blame the water, blame the waves, blame the this, blame the that. It's all self-created. Their policies is what created this. It's his decisions on first day in office, killing the Keystone Pipeline, killing drilling in Alaska, killing all kinds of things. Their war on energy is what has created this. Make no mistake about that. I don't care what they blame. And also war on business because they want to raise the, uh, the tax rate. Okay, even though even though the the government has brought in, uh, I think I heard it yesterday, um, more tax money under the current tax code than ever before. More money than they've ever had before in in, in one quarter or per month, and they still is still like, well, it's not enough. We got to tax you even more. Well, because because when when you need trillions of dollars of new spending, all that there's never enough spending. Never enough borrowing, never enough debt for them. And when you have a situation like we have now, as we've talked about before, inflation, stagflation, and then with the wrong tax policies and, the wrong, and all the spending, at some point you can have deflation and then depression. Certainly recession. I don't think there's any even question about that. Because, you know, it, these things are not, it, it's not like Joe Biden wakes up one day and says, okay, you know what, this, even if he is to wake, even if he was to wake up, I mean, that alone is just waking up. So, I mean, but <laughs> and, and had a coherent thought. If they were all to wake up and say, you know what, this is really a disaster for the country. Once the policy, it's not like you just snap your fingers and all of a, you know, it, 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 when, when you've had this war on energy for eight months. Right. You know, you're looking at 12 months, 24 months to even think about. And that's if they were to change course, which if they're, they're, they're doubling down. They're not going to change course. They're not going to admit that what their policies are causing all this carnage for the American people, of, of all the American people. I said yesterday, somebody wrote me an email, said, boy, I loved what you said, that uh, they've, they've made everything worse for everybody. Well, that's that's what and communism that's, and socialism does. It, it makes everybody equally um, miserable. It doesn't. It, it, there, there's been no case uh, in history. And, and oh, what's the guy's name? He was on Donahue. Um, Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman. He, he. I've seen the video plenty of times where he says there is no case in history where, where you know, um, communism has led to to uh, you know. People being financially uh, free and, and, and equal destruction across the right. board. No case. And there's no other system that actually does deliver prosperity like capitalism. Because if, if, there, if it's out there, then show it to us. Then we'll do that. But no one's been able to come up with it yet. Well, this party and this president, they, they, they want a destruction of it. They hate our economic system. There's no doubt about that. They want to put people into classes, and they want to attack those classes. Uh, meanwhile, this, what's going on in inflation? Inflation is going to continue to go up, and it's not transitory. I don't care what anybody tells us. It's going to be around for a while. The only person I'll even think about listening to is Kathy Wood and in her argument, which 
I just, I guess we just have to wait and see who's right. But I, I, ju- I just can't see how it's not with us for another at least 12 months. And that's not transitory. It's been with us now for six months, four months, whatever it is. It's going to continue to go up. By the way, the unemployment rate, you can keep your eye on that. I, I suspect that's going to, you know, Joe Biden, remember the last week? Oh, we're making so much progress. Look at the unemployment rate. I, I can't see how that's not, going to, that's not going to start to creep up as well. Well, and again, it, it's one of those things where if you if you do a an internet search for the true unemployment number, it's it's almost double the number that they put out, simply because you know numbers don't lie and, and liberals do. That's that's just the way it goes. The true unemployment number is way higher. But that they, they 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 it started during the Obama administration, where all of a sudden you noticed, you know, they changed they changed the parameters of how they were they were going to calculate the um, the unemployment. And you see, and again, you just do a simple internet search and put in true unemployment numbers. You'll 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 find it and, be, and you'll be surprised. Gas prices at a seven-year high, absolutely not going to come down. They're going to continue to go up. There's no doubt about that. With the war on energy, the drilling, the Keystone Pipeline debt, all of that. Uh, Alaska drilling, no new drilling there. He shut that down. All of that makes prices go boom through the roof. So their the, the, the war on energy will continue. Cost of products are going to continue to go up. Inflation is going to continue to go up. Um, and it's just going to affect every part of your life. I'm seeing more and more people take pictures of they go into the locals. I talked about my wife going into yeah. uh, Trader Joe's. More and more people now all of a sudden going, what? They're walking into their grocery store or their Trader Joe's or their or Kroger's or their whatever, wherever you are in the country. And it's worse in some parts than others. And they're going, well, what is this? I mean, okay, there's still, an, uh, there's still enough here that I can kind of get together what I need to, but. What about next week? It's a big struggle. Yeah. I mean, I was, in, uh, I was at Costco today. Love Costco. I almost bought jeans at Costco today. <laughs> Which is a whole well, different discussion. I, I mean, I don't but, know if any of us need to know that. I, I, just, I don't know. I'm just saying, you, you tell when your age starts to, to, to change. Um, but, you know, even, even things with, uh, you know, w- with the toilet paper and the, and the paper products. You know, they've got the sign-up. You can only take one now. Yeah, there's going to be a, there's a run again. And there was a whole, the whole section of toilet paper was already empty. So it was like, all right, I see what's coming here. So you got to start spot buying, I guess. You know, do yourself a favor. Start spot buying. Even if you're just driving by a store, like, you know what? I don't need something, but we might need toilet paper down the... Let me see if they have any. Just grab a couple extra things if you can. Just play it safe. I mean, you're always going to use it at some point, right? So it's not going to hurt you. Here's the, um, here's the other thing that you need to get ready for. Of course, there's, there's a lot of things you need to try to get ready for if you can. As they continue to devalue the currency to the dollar, you need to put whatever assets you can into something that, that's, that's going to fight against that. And there's many choices in that, Bitcoin, gold, a lot, lot of stuff. But they're going to continue to print money. I can't see how the Fed's going to take their uh, foot off the gas as far as their bond buying purchasing because I, I just don't think their jobs numbers are going to be what they thought they're going to be. I think they're going to get worse as we go along. Uh, they're going to continue to print money. They're continue to, the dollar is going to continue to get devalued. Uh, but here's the other thing you need to get ready. You know, a couple years ago, I bought a pellet stove because I was always that? interested in um, alternative kind of heating. My, my, oh, okay. my wife's dad always had a coal stove. 
And as when we were engaged and even dating, we used to, and I used to go, man, this is the warmest house I've ever felt in my life. And it was the heat was never on. It was always the coal <laughs> stove. I mean, just un- incredible heat. So we, I wanted one. So we couldn't get a coal stove, but I got a pellet stove a couple years ago. And it's just fantastic. Heats almost the entire house. I ordered two tons of pellets today because things, I mean, and I can't even get them until November. Because, and I'll tell you why I did it. Heating bills this winter are going to absolutely soar. Here in New York and every place else. And by the way, they're not even trying to hide it. There's a report today um, out of New York. Prices surging worldwide for heating oil, natural gas, and other fuels. The U.S. government said yesterday it expects households to see their heating bills jump as much as 54% compared to last winter. Let me repeat that. The U.S. government... This is not some, you know, some economic, uh, this is the U.S. government said Wednesday, it expects households to see their heating bills jump as much as 54% compared to last winter. The sharpest increases are likely for homes that use propane, which account for only 5% of U.S. households, but others are also likely to see big increases. Homes that use natural gas, which makes up nearly half of the U.S. households, may spend 746 this winter, 30% more than a year ago. That could make this winter's heating bills the highest since 2008-2009. The second most typical heating source for homes is electricity, making up 41% of the country. Those households could see more of a modest 7% increase to $1,268. You know, and these amounts are never what they are. They're always more, if not double. Homes using heating oil, which make up 4% of the country, could see a 40, that would be me, 43% increase from $500 to $2,000 for the winter. So I called today and ordered two tons of wood pellets for the pellet stove. That thing is going to get a workout this winter. Because that will allow me pretty much to keep the heat off. Because to fill up the oil tank every three weeks is going to be a fortune. One fill up, I'll get through the whole winter of pellets. Oof. Now, now in terms of the pellet, how, how does that thing work for somebody that doesn't know what just, a pellet it, stove it is? Just, it burns, not as efficiently as other things, but it burns pretty efficiently. And it's, I bought one that will, will heat the whole entire house, which... I don't know, 3,300 square feet or so it heats. Now, is it pumped through your vents? Do you set it up that No, way? it's just a, just a unit that just, it's just a, you know, it's just a unit that sits there on the fire, by the fireplace. Really? Yeah, it just burns hot and it's got a blower on it and it just blows heat and it just circulates through the house. I actually use the house system to circulate it through the house. But, so I mean, again, I'd love to say that all this, there's a lot at the end of the tunnel, but everything we keep talking about it's only the beginning. We've got three and a half years left. Whether it's with him or the other dummy. Mm-hmm. With these policies, no matter who the figurehead is, these policies aren't going to change. They're going to get worse. And you listen to Ron Klain today with this, oh, these are up, up class. What are these? Uh, high class problems. High class problems. High class. Really? Yes. Heating, your, heating your house, feeding your kids. These are high class problems. Saki was asked about this today, wasn't she, G? About Ron Klain's uh, tweet? Yeah, 48. 
Let's see. Let's hear what she said about this. Roll it. White House Chief Staff Ron Klain retweeted a, a message yesterday, not once but twice, uh, that inflation and supply chain issues are high-class issues. But some of the sharpest price increases over the last month included products that every American Talk buys: beef products, chicken, eggs, regular unleaded gasoline, uh, laundry equipment, furniture, clothing. The, the list goes on. Why would Ron Klain tweet that? And would you agree that that's a little bit tone deaf? Do you think two tweets means more? You see, serious. there she goes. Um, there she goes. So just for just context. Completely demeaning. Get out. What? Demeaning get the question. That's exact, exactly right, right? We talked about yeah. this yesterday. Yep. It's exactly what she does when she doesn't want to take a question on. And, of course, how can you take that on? That's an idiotic tweet by this imbecile. It's high-class problems. Really? Ask the people affected the most by it, middle-class, lower-income uh, families who are looking at their money and going, well, this is not going as far as it went a year ago. Not even close. I can't buy the same amount of stuff. Hey, don't worry. It's high-class problems. You don't need to worry about that. Ron Klain, genius. All right, live from Studio 6B, we'll do more news, more sports. We'll listen to the bumbling fool from the White House, too. do some news and do some sports. We'll start with sports. Rick Emirati's here. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, NHL action. A couple of games still going on. 5-1 Blue Jackets over the Coyotes. And we have the Senators leading the Maple Leafs 3-1 in the third. Both games are in the third. Hurricanes right now leading the Islanders 4-3. That's also in the third in Carolina. Penguins have come back to tie it at two down in Florida with the Panthers. That's in the third. Rangers also came back to tie it at two in the Garden. Home opener in Madison Square Garden in the second period. And the Kraken. Kraken are uh, up Two to one now over the Predators, and that's in the first end of the first. So um, I'm going through. Hold on, Rick, one second. I'm going through <laughs> the emails that people are sending. Try to always try to do some viewer emails for the show. I get two in a row. Roth says, "I love the shirt tonight, Rick. Good to see you, New York guys, trying to don some classy rags, meaning your shirt, my shirt, or yep, his? Yours. I love his shirt. No, his yours. Like then I get another one. Love Rick's shirt. Go Vols. So yeah. they're talking about you. There you go. And then the third one says." Cut out the Nike crap there, Rick. Uh, so you can't. <laughs> well, that's uh, why know. I sit like this, so you don't see the swoosh, <laughs> right? You don't see it. <laughs> but if keep... but if I make a turn, then you see. Ah, yeah. oh, there. Can't it is. keep everybody happy. So. Oh. Uh, by the way, speaking of shirts, the um, I think it's because of the design, but the um. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Shirts just can't keep them on the shelf. Really? Just can't keep them on awesome. the shelf. So, all right, back to sports. What's going on, pal? All right, and now let's go to uh, Philadelphia. Lincoln Financial Field there. Tampa Bay's up 14-7. Tom Brady looking hot. 13 of 14, 127 yards, two touchdowns. Right now, though, it's a push, D, because they're only up by seven. But Tampa Bay has the ball right now. I understand they're driving again. So we'll see what happens. You're keeping an eye on the game. But 14-7, Tampa Bay leads in the second quarter. Um, and uh, let's go to the rodeo. Belleville, Texas, the Kurth Arena. And it's uh, steer wrestling leaders, Ben Goodman Jr., 3.6 seconds. Team roping leaders, there was no qualified runs. 
Tie down roping lead is Justin Smith, 8.1 seconds. Nobody, what'd you say? Nobody had the runs? No, yeah, nobody had the run. No qualified runs. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Barrel racing lead is Laura Moat, 15.4 seconds. And steer roping average, uh, Landon McClarty, 18.7 seconds on a two head, picked up $1,800. And uh, total payout is $96,000. The stock contractor is Mo Better Rodeo. And uh, that's the scoop down in Belleville, Texas tonight. NFL, do Cardinals have potential COVID-19 outbreak ahead of Brown's game? Uh, it was rep- uh, this is Zach Wasink of Yard Barker. It was reported earlier this week the unbeaten Arizona Cardinals could be without two-time uh, first-team all-pro pass rusher Chandler Jones for Sunday's game at the 3-2 and two Cleveland Browns. Apparently, he's got COVID as well as two other undisclosed players. So it's only going to be a matter of time, D, before we see an issue with a team that may not be able to field you know, enough players and could potentially have a forfeit. I, I hope we don't see that, but... It could lead to that. If they can't field the team, enough guys are out, they'll have to forfeit. So you have a 53-man roster. There's, you know, basically 11 guys on the field at any given time. So mm. I'm not sure how, you know, what, what the qualifications are. If you, you, know, can't f- you know who I can't wait to see have that problem? That's Mark Cuban when mm. he has enough, not enough players to um, – and, and, of course, the media won't press him. But I'd love to just know his, you know, if you're not, vac- if you're not val- double vaccinated, you're not working for me. Okay, well – Okay, so I, I want to know his excuse when he when they have uh, COVID running rap, r- rampant through the um, you know through the locker room and he doesn't have enough players to put on the uh, to play a game. Yeah, and they're all double double uh, jabbed. What's he going to say about his um, beloved vaccines then? Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, it's uh, it's Trump's fault. Yep. Something. So, all right, what else? And one more NHL's return to ESPN sets opening night. Mark, this is from Paulson of Sports Media Watch. The NHL's return to ESPN has already paid off in ratings with a record opening night audience. Tuesday night's Penguins-Lightning's NHL opening night game averaged 983,000 viewers on ESPN, the league's largest opening night ever on cable, dating back to 1993. The previous high was 956,000. Of course, it doesn't compare to Major League Baseball. The playoff games on TBS were averaging between 3.1 and 5.1 million, and we are on the U.S. We know it's a big Canadian sport. However, ESPN looks like they made a good move as they picked up uh, NHL for the first time in 17 years. They have Wayne Gretzky also doing some uh, color as well in the uh, in, during the intermission. So we'll see how that goes. I'm going to have a little report about Dan Snyder and the Washington football team, and a little bit of Clay Travis coming to bat for uh, well for Kyrie Irving, saying, "Hey, he's not getting the love from the media," which is no surprise. But good to see another NBA player calling it out, Big D. Back okay, to you. very good. We'll do more sports later on. I got an email from BJ here. Says, I have you on Roku. I'm watching you. Love the show. My heat and hot water are natural gas. From July to August, my gas bill was up about twice last year. This is during the summer. My bill from August to September was up 87% in the summer. Gas for my car is $3.60 and higher out here in rural Washington State. And then he said, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> let's go. Of course. Send that guy a shirt. Which is the way you should end almost everything nowadays. <laughs> any any email you have, any text, <laughs> you should just add Let's Go Brandon at the end. Or I think even, that should be a thing we start doing across this country. Or even if you're a 10-year-old kid and somebody walks up to you with a microphone and asks for your opinion on something, leave them with a Let's Go Brandon. No, oh, I played the kid the other night from the, <laughs> the driver start your engine, and they, he, got, he got in there at the end. They go, Let's Go Brandon. <laughs> There it is. Yes, go for it. Here we go. Let's see it. This guy was so excited. Kick this thing off. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Ready? In three, two, come on. 
One, do it. Drivers, start your engines. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> legend, that kid. That's a legend right there. I couldn't even make out what they were saying. Uh, until afterwards, but I heard the let's go, Brandon. Drivers, start your engine. Yeah. yeah. That's all they were supposed <laughs> to say. <laughs> kid kid shot his shot. Swish. Yeah. So, all right, let's do some news. What's going on, pal? Uh, oh, it's my turn. Uh, Empty Shelves Joe is trending on Twitter as the supply chain crisis threatens to derail holiday shopping. Yep, Not good. The, the hashtag... Empty Shelves Joe is dominating Twitter. Critics have blamed the Biden administration for the backlog of U.S. shipping containers at California ports, which has resulted in skyrocketing prices, mass shortages at stores nationwide. And earlier today, social media users voiced their concerns with stark photos from local grocery stores. I know you mentioned your wife seeing what she saw that appear to have been impacted by the shortage. I just like to throw in here that uh, science-based SJ on Twitter says, I don't know much, but I do know one thing. Slick Rick Sports doesn't buy his jeans at Costco. <laughs> you're so, right. That's, uh, that's pretty easy You know to what? Out. It was a moment. To, I walked <laughs> no, by. Yeah, I'm no, like, you know what? No, no, that no. looks you don't pretty cheap. To, no, no. You don't need to Let try to. Let me see what they got here. <laughs> you put it out there now. You don't need to I try just, to defend it. I'm just trying to see what they had. You never know. Sometimes you can find a good deal. Oh, yeah. I'm always uh, looking for a good deal. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. You roll with that. <laughs> as long as Have you heard of the USA, supply right? chain shortage? That's what I'm thinking about. All right, what else is going on in the news? All right, so let's jump to a different story. We, we've had enough of Joe Biden. Uh, looks like Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson has done something that uh, I don't think any of us would have expected. Retired? No, not uh, yet. Too bad. But uh, has allowed a new law to go into effect that will allow employees of the state to opt out of vaccine mandates by prov- by proving that they have acquired immunity to the coronavirus or by submitting a negative COVID-19 test. The bill, which the governor did not sign, became law Wednesday following an Arkansas provision that allows bills waiting more than five days for the governor's signature to become law. Governors sometimes use this provision to signal their disapproval of a certain bill. Yeah, well, the the situation there probably, I, don't, I, I, didn't, I actually reported on that story and uh, I didn't follow up to see, but... You know, he probably knew they had enough votes to override a veto. Right. So, you know. Instead of losing. You might as well take the optics of it and try to look like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know what? I'm going to let you guys want this. We'll let it fly. Yeah. You might as well use it to your advantage, he's thinking, because he's a phony, too. He, most of what he does is ridiculous. So, uh, and that, but that's the problem with some of these red states. Again, you know, we talk about it all the time. On the local level, these governors, these uh, state legislatures, they, we, we've got to get some that look like and represent the people that put them in office. You can't have, I mean, and he's a perfect example. Not what, and certainly he's, he's not, no one's going to confuse him for Ron DeSantis, that's for sure, I'll tell you no, that. Definitely not. Or the one in Alabama either, K. Ivy there, I don't think many people are going to, I mean, that's the problem. There's yeah. just not that many. There's well, just not that many. They lie to get elected, and then when, the, when, when real decisions come, they let you down. That's exactly yeah. what most of these guys do, whether it's the governors, whether it's representatives or senators. They're all going to do the same thing because they're politicians. Lie, 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 and they're like, yeah, it's not my fault. Look what happened. Uh. All right, what else? Uh, that's about it. No, we got to go. This. <laughs> all right. Uh, watch the clock, Damon. <laughs> idiot he's thinking about buying jeans at costco yeah i mean i'm just
right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. What's the um, what's the story about former President Clinton? Well, uh, this was just breaking, actually. This is coming from uh, Daily Mail, also from the Telegram group that uh, posted it, so I grabbed it from them. Former President Bill Clinton was hospitalized on Tuesday, and they're oh. just releasing this now, for a possible blood infection known as sepsis. Spokesman for the Democrat com- uh, former Commander-in-Chief said he was admitted to University of California's Irvine Medical Center to get treatment for a non-COVID-related infection. But, of course, they should test him anyway and make sure that he has it or else he shouldn't be allowed in that hospital, right? He's on the men in good spirits and incredibly thankful to the doctors and nurses and staff, especially to the nurses, the CNN anchor uh, said at the top of the show. (laughs) You threw that in, that part. Yeah, I did. Uh, the 70-year-old, or five-year-old former world leader is feeling unwell on Tuesday. Used it as an opportunity to get away from Hillary and checked into the hospital. <laughs> that's not in there. Again, that's not in there. No, You're that's right. not in there. Doctors have ruled out any heart issues despite Clinton's history with heart surgery, including an operation in 2004 and a stent placement in 2010. What they think is going on is the former president has a blood infection, sometimes known as sepsis. Uh, uh, sepsis is nasty, nasty, nasty boy, yeah. and, and it can be—it really can be life-threatening if you don't, if they don't catch it in time or treat it. You know, I worked—I actually worked with a company once that was looking into to to try to come up with some things for sepsis because it's—it is—you uh, go into the hospital and man, you just never know. It's dangerous stuff. So it's good to hear that he's on the mend. Though. Yeah, and well, he's, we start re- he's reportedly about it. Uh, reportedly responding well to antibiotics. Now that we know he's better, yeah. Yeah, now we that we know he's better, it. we can make a little fun of it. Because right. if, if Hillary said to him, you know, hey, Bill, let's maybe we'll go out to dinner. T- <laughs> Actually, that's what it was. He, he was calling her by her nickname, Sepsis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was Devil. Um, all right, so uh, well, that's good to hear that he's on the mend. Well, we don't want we want him to be on the mend. So yeah. um, well, let's do some video, G, of um, the current president, resident, whatever, whichever one you prefer. Because he was out talking about um, vaccines today. And I found this article that I thought the title was just great uh, in PJ Media today. The great PJ Media, the great Matt Margolis. Biden bought enough COVID vaccines to jab all American kids who, um, well, don't need them. So let's hear from the president today about vaccines and kids. We'll start with 40. Roll that. We need to continue to keep our schools and our students safe. 96% of school districts are fully open with children back in the classroom and for in-person learning. Okay, let's just stop it right there. The idea that kids are not safe, just even just that statement, we have to keep kids safe. The kids are safe. Kids are safe. The numbers are minuscule of kids who have had any serious or God forbid, have passed away from COVID. I think it's 0.002% yeah, it's something, from 18 or under that have passed away from COVID, if you can even trust that number. It's something so low that it doesn't even register. More basically. kids probably died uh, 18 years or, un- or younger in this country every year from falling down the stairs. Or pick any number of things. Uh, more kids have died from getting shot in Chicago in a than weekend. died in one day from COVID. So just to start by saying we have to keep the kids. No, the kids are safe. The kids are safe. That's a fact. 
and and again, this this scare tactic they continue to use is really reprehensible when it comes to kids. Go ahead. Able to do this because we provided our schools the resources they need to protect children and the educators, as well as the staff that works in the schools. We've been encouraging schools to implement important health measures like masking, testing, and getting everyone vaccinated who is eligible to be vaccinated. Okay, just stop it again. I just, I just want to point out, we know that the, the masking is just, in, it's just totally insane for kids to have to wear that. As far as the testing goes, the testing is so illogical that you have to leave your brain at the door when you talk about this because they're not testing teachers who have gotten vaccinated, who we know can carry the virus, who can get infected with the virus. So how can these measures be that important when you're not even testing all teachers? You're only testing the ones who haven't been vaccinated, who have to get tested once a week now and submit it to the school district. But the, but the teachers who have been vaccinated, maybe up to six months ago, who probably the efficacy of the thing is worn off, they can absolutely catch it and they can absolutely spread it. They don't have to get tested just because they got shot. Doesn't matter if it works, doesn't matter if it's still working, doesn't matter about anything. So the whole testing nonsense is so illogical, it defies your ability to even talk about it. Oh, it's very important though, testing we've put in place. No, it's not, it's, it's stupid and makes no sense. Go ahead. Now I know parents uh, out there are anxiously waiting for a vaccine for children ages 5 to 11. Okay, let's pull that. The good news is the FDA and outside experts from the CDC are set to make its determination as to whether the vaccine will be authorized for that age range in the next few weeks. I'm sure it's in question. If authorized, we are ready. If authorized, We have purchased enough vaccines for all children between the ages of 5 and 11. United States. Okay, so so are we supposed to and believe we'll be, that they purchased we'll be, all we purchased enough vaccine for all kids five through eleven, and he's going to tell us if it gets it's still up for debate whether it's going to get approved. Like we're not sure yet. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. It's uh, it's like the it's like the teacher that uh, the healthcare worker that the, he interviewed in one of those stupid videos they did. Well, well, I was kind of hesitant. Well, what, what would make the difference? Oh, when they gave it final, full approval. Well, nothing changed. One day you were hesitant. The next day, just because some bureau, uh, bureaucratic body who has a bunch of unelected people said, okay, yeah, now it's good. Now you're like, oh, okay, I'm all for it. I mean, this is the sense. This is the, the thought pattern people are taking to get to these decisions putting their trust in people they don't even know who just say, oh, yeah, that's good. Don't worry. You're going to trust your kid who doesn't need this to go get this with, with, with some adverse effect they have for the rest of their life? God forbid. Crazy. Go ahead. Convenient for parents to get their children vaccinated at trusted locations, and families will be able to sleep easier at night knowing their kids are protected as well. No. No, they sleep just fine. Their kids are protected now. Quite frankly, if you, I think parents, I'm not going to be honest about it, that's fine, but 
parents who gave this shot, like that couple in Indiana, I don't think they sleep too well at night. No. I think well, they sleep worse, actually. Well, they only went there for the, for the flu shot. They got, they got bamboozled. But, uh, you know, th- this story I just found out of South Dakota, and, and this is, these are numbers that are translating across the country, actually, that despite 55% of the state's eligible population, 12 and older, being fully vaccinated compared to 0% of September of 2020, more South Dakotans died from COVID-19 in September 2021 compared to the same time last year. Again, despite more than 50% of the state's population fully vaccinated. So there, there, okay. states that have, there are states that have higher numbers than that. Yeah. We talk, we've talked about it. You know, people who are pro-vax, when you talk to them and you think, well, you, you say, well, explain to me, how do you explain if, if it's so great and everybody should get it and, and it's all of us who haven't gotten it that are, uh, the, you know, making the world a worse place? How do you explain places like San Francisco and places like Vermont that have upwards of 82 or higher percent of the population vaccinated and they have more cases and more deaths than they had a year ago. How do you explain that? Because I want to know, and I'm all open to listening to an explanation. What is it? If these things are so effective and so great and everybody has to get them, How do you explain more cases and more deaths than a year ago? Well, if you were to ask that question to Jen Psaki, she'd make a snarky remark and, uh, you know, try and dismiss you because she wouldn't have an answer. Let's hear a little bit more of of this idiot today. Let's go 41, G, for all that. This work, this week, the Food and Drug Administration and the FDA is reviewing data on Moderna and Johnson & Johnson boosters. We expect a final decision from the FDA and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, <laughs> Did I hear that right? okay. in the next couple of weeks. If they authorize the boosters, which will be strictly made based on the science, that decision will be based on the science, this will mean all three vaccines will be available for boosters. Already, more than one out of three eligible seniors have gotten their third shot, the booster. And we're going to continue to provide that additional protection to seniors and others as we uh, as we head into the holidays. These boosters are free. I'll say it again. They're free, available and convenient to get. But what? But has anyone explained why he got a booster? Why? Why? Why do they need them if they're fully vaccinated? Why do they need the booster? Has anyone ever explained that? Why did he get one when he got it? If he got it. Again, it's, it was done on a, on a fake set, so we don't even know. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. All right. Why did he get it if he did get it? Again, you know, if, if they're going to be able to just say you have to, where does it end? What's the next thing they're just going to say here? We don't need to give you an explanation. It's just because we say. Well, that's the, that's, that's the whole idea. That's what, they, that's what they're angling for. Again, you go you go back to Saki saying, "Well, you know, it's the law, and it was uh, it was a it was a uh, uh, executive order, and now it's the law." It's just what they say. That's how that they want it to be. They want to get it to the point where, if it's said from the president or it's coming out of Washington, well, then I guess that's the law. You have to follow it. They don't want it to be challenged, and they want you to get used to that. And if you get used to that, they have you. 
All right, let's hear the last one, G39. I can't wait to hear this on what the misinformation on vaccines is. Let's hear this. Vaccination requirements should not be another issue that divides us. That's why we continue to battle the misinformation that's out there. And companies and communities are setting up there, uh, stepping up as well to combat these the, the misinformation. Spit it out, Pops. Southwest <laughs> Airlines, at the head of the pilot, the head of the pilots' union and its CEO, dismissed critics who claim vaccination mandates contributed to flight disruptions. Was he reading a headline? School board members, religious leaders, and doctors across the country are fighting misinformation and educating people about the importance of vaccines. All of these efforts are going to help us continue moving the dial to eliminate this disease. Well, no, no, the numbers don't say that. The numbers do not say that. As we just discussed, the numbers do not say you're doing anything to get rid of this disease. The numbers are worse today than they were a year ago. More people have died under you as president than died under President Trump. And you put every death at his feet every night on every major uh, news outlet. And I don't see that happening now, shockingly. But let's call a spade a spade. More people have died under Biden as president than died under the Trump administration. So he has done nothing to put this thing down. He has done nothing to shut down the virus, as he told us. But he's doing a great job shutting down the country now, isn't he? <laughs> and it's not misinformation that what happened at Southwest was over this. That's exactly what it was over. It wasn't over clear blue skies or anything other, any other issues. That's what it was over. to the hour live from studio 6b let's do a little news here with rick delgado what else is going on all right well if you've been paying attention to the gabby petito case it took another turn as the former america's most wanted host discussed the gabby petito homicide case on his show the story uh turns out brian laundry's attorney steve berlatino tore into the america's most wanted creator uh earlier today um who's that who's the creator John Walsh. Oh, John Walsh. Yes, John okay. Walsh. You didn't say uh, that, so I wasn't sure who you're talking about. Yeah, America's most wanted host, and he's also the creator now of this new show um, that he's doing. So the Gabby Petito ID special report delved into the details surrounding the 22-year-old Petito slaying and laundry status as a fugitive on federal bank warrant charges. For weeks, Walsh had suggested that laundry may have taken advantage of the chaos at the southern border to cross in the opposite direction into Mexico. In the special, Walsh articulated that Laundry might be there in the Bahamas or hiding out on the Appalachian Trail, alleged his parents may be helping him as, as he remains out on the lam. I absolutely believe that his family is helping him stay on the run, Walsh said. Um, who he, and he also hosts In Pursuit with John Walsh on the ID Network. Berlatino snapped back at such speculation. Dusty relics like dog and john walsh need need a tragic situation like this so they can clear the cobwebs off their names and give the their publicity hungry egos some food he said to uh, fox news digital also taking aim of course at Dwayne the dog chapman the reality star and real life bounty hunter who entered the search for laundry late last month through a spokesperson walsh said he had no comment on the lawyer's attack while chapman issued a sharp response of his own it's ironic that mr berlatino would criticize the people trying to find 
Brian Laundrie, unless perhaps he doesn't want him to be found, he said. Laundrie's whereabouts have been a mystery since mid-September when his parents said he set off on a hike in a swampy park near their home in Northport, Florida. What would be the point of all that if you're that attorney? What What's the point of even, I mean, how about like show some, I mean, I don't know. The whole thing's <laughs> a disaster. I, I, you, you see these people reporting they think he's in their backyard? Yeah. Living That's... in an underground uh, whatever? It, th- there's actually been a lot of sightings in on this Appalachian Trail place. Um, certain certain section that a lot of people have said they've seen this guy or seen somebody that looks just like him. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing's a mess. What else? Uh, strange story out of New York City involving some NYPD cops, or at least one NYPD cop, a tragic love triangle, an off-duty NYPD officer who allegedly shot her ex-girlfriend and killed the woman's new lover may have snapped because she was clinging to hope that they'd get back together. Officer Yvonne Wu had recently split from her ex, Jenny Lee, 23, but was still spending time at the home in Brooklyn and may have lost it when she saw her there with another woman. Uh, she was staying there on and off. She was staying there some nights, and it was not strange to see her, but she was hoping they could still work it out. Unfortunately, it all came to a head when she, uh, when the cops got there. She saw that uh, they saw that she had shot them both. The gun was inside, and she was very calm and, and basically told them what happened. So kind of strange story. They were calling it, I remember seeing it this morning on another news uh, thing. They were calling it romantic rage. So I don't know if this is a... Uh, going to be some way they try and spin news from now on, you know, giving it some new uh, new names and try and take the edge off it. But as you can see, you know, things are things are a little out of out of whack when it comes to crime. Also in Maryland, as police are searching for a gunman who critically injured a 12 year old girl while shooting out of his sunroof. Police in Maryland are searching for the suspect um, who opened fire critically injuring this young bystander. The Prince George's County Police Department released surveillance video this week that shows the suspect brazenly firing a handgun with half his body out of the car at about 6.35 p.m. Detectives are asking for any help for the su- for identifying the suspect and the vehicle. Police do not know, uh, do not believe that the 12-year-old was the target of the shooting, which happened in the Capitol Heights section just outside of Washington, D.C. So um, I don't know if this Crazy is stuff. I don't know if this is news, but I, I mean I guess it's kind of news. Dave Rubin's pretty popular um, host of the Rubin Report. He's on the Blaze, right? On the Blaze, very popular. He was on with uh, Megyn Kelly, I guess, on her Sirius XM show podcast or or something. And there's video of it. And the headline from Mediaite says Dave Rubin says Trump shouldn't run in 2024. And then the quote from him. It's kind of surprising. It says, think about putting your ego in check for the first time in your life. Dave Rubin has repeatedly mocked Trump derangement syndrome and said a few months ago that Donald Trump stood guard against barbarians at the gate. But he said Thursday he doesn't think the former president should run in 2024. Megyn Kelly spoke with Dave Rubin and brought up new polling that Trump still leads among Republicans uh, for who should be the 2024 candidate. Ron DeSantis is at 12%. Mike Pence is at 13%. All right, so already I don't trust this uh, poll. <laughs> Pence is ahead of DeSantis. <laughs> While Trump's at a whopping 47%. Pence and DeSantis lead among Republicans who don't want Trump to run. It's still Trump's party, Kelly said. Rubin wasn't surprised by the poll because Trump is fighting the machine, he said and can still bring out the rallies. He boasted to Kelly that he's extremely proud now of his 2020 vote for Trump, even though 
Uh, it didn't mean that he thought he was perfect. What I would prefer to happen, Ruben said, is that Trump acts as an advocate. Keep doing rallies, keep fighting the media, keep doing all the work he's been doing, be the bodyguard so that, let's say, a DeSantis-Tim Scott ticket maybe could get through. He proposed Trump, <laughs> he proposed Trump be uh, the one on the outside doing the dirty work while a statesman like DeSantis leads. That doesn't sound like Trump, Kelly said. Ruben responded with a message directly to President Trump. My personal message to you, well, I, don't, I don't think the president, former president cares about a direct message from Dave Rubin, but I mean, I don't know. What do you think about this? Because Rubin's um, pretty popular host. Like you say, he's on the blaze. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know what? To take a position like this, such a hard position that he, that, uh, I understand his point of view because, yeah, Trump could could easily be the kingmaker and be just as powerful or even more so because he's not trapped within that machine to get more things done and get the right people placed where where they should be placed or at least elected where they should be elected, I should say. Um, But, you know, anybody else that if they try and go, okay, we're going to go with DeSantis. Guess what? The, the, the mainstream media is going to do what they do. Well, he's just another version of Trump, just a v- different version yeah. with different hair. So you're still going to get the same attacks, the same vitriol aimed at that candidate. So you might as well just say, you know what? I might as well just take the bullets myself because I'm the one they want anyway. Yeah. All right, let's do a little sports before we wrap it up. Rick Emirati, what's going on, pal? Okay, update on Thursday Night Football in Philadelphia. Just went to the half. Tampa Bay's up 21-7. to Big D. You got 28 points. Going to be tough to get to that 53. Uh, Brady looking pretty good tonight. Uh, 19 of 25. Two touchdowns. 186 yards through the air. Uh, and then let's switch gears. National League Division Series Game 5. Oracle Park, San Francisco. Good pitches duel through two innings. It's 0-0. No scores. And and Rangers right now tied up 4-4 uh, in, uh, with the Stars and the Rangers in third period. So we'll uh, give a report tomorrow on the games. And uh, just one more thing. Deontay Wilder broke his right hand during the 11th round of that KO loss to Tyson Fury. And today he finally shouted out to Tyson Fury, you know, that it was a good win. He shouted out to the Gypsy King saying, hey, you know what, good, you know, good fight, you know, good war with you, good trilogy. And uh, so anyway, Deontay uh-huh. Wilder always has something. They, there's always an excuse. It's the costume. It's the water. Now it's the right hand. Yeah. You know, but uh, and he anyway. just got up from getting knocked out, so now he finally acknowledged it. That's exactly, great. exactly. Yeah. And and that's a wrap in sports. Back to you, D. All right, uh, thanks, Rick. One more thing I want to get to: Supreme Court of Texas today put out a uh, for petition of writ of uh, uh, today we stand today we stay enforcement of San Antonio Independent School District's policy requiring that all of its employees be vaccinated for COVID nineteen by October fifteenth. We grant this relief on our own authority under Rule 5210B of the Texas Rule of Appellate Procedure. While we consider the state's petition for writ of uh, mandamus, we express no view on the merits of the state's claim. So they put a stay to this requirement. So there's just another, another, um, you know, basically uh, the Supreme Court of Texas standing up to these uh, vaccine mandates and saying, no, 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 slow it down here. We're not enforcing this until we hear some arguments and then we'll make a decision. So you're seeing it. You saw it in New York. Now you're seeing it in Texas. You saw it. I think you reported in Arkansas. So you're seeing some pushback. It needs to continue and get more. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, Jeet. Thanks, Fran. Thanks to Real America's Voice. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, Friday night, live from Studio 6B.